0: Welcome to the Bridgestone Canadian Superbike Championship Podcast, everyone. My name is Marshall Ferguson. Uh, originally planned on having this conversation with series owner Ross Milson go for half an hour. Hang out, have a quick conversation, get excited about Daytona. But anybody who has been in and around the CSPK paddock and has had a conversation with Ross knows uh, that there is so much that goes into being able to pull off the circus that is... The Canadian Superbike Championship. He puts so much of his blood, sweat, tears, passion into this. So inevitably we got into a longer discussion which means I've decided to chop up this episode into two parts. I'm putting the first out here on the first day of March 2024. Hope everybody enjoyed the leap day. And then I'm going to put out the second part of the conversation on Monday morning this coming week as we head into Daytona. So it will be part one right now, part two coming at you on Uh, Monday, and that will be basically a setup in the first chunk here. We're going to look backwards at everything that happened in the CSBK in 2023, Ross becoming the full-time owner, transferring the ownership to his possession, uh, the challenges, trials, tribulations, and so much more. And then in part two for you on Monday, you can look forward to hearing about what's coming in the paddock in 2024, what we are excited about heading into Daytona next weekend, and all the rest. So I wanted to give you the heads up. That's what it's going to look like here on the podcast uh, in a two-part special with Ross Milson. Let's get to it. Welcome inside episode number three of the Bridgestone Canadian Superbike Championship. My name is Marshall Ferguson. You can follow along at TSN underscore Marsh and of course on all of the Canadian Superbike social channels at CDN. Superbike is the best place to be able to go and get the updates as we head into Daytona coming up this week as you are listening to this. Very, very exciting. Of course, you can go to csbk.ca as well to stay updated on all of the happenings in and around the Bridgestone Canadian Superbike Championship and today... Very lucky to be able to wrangle uh, the owner and national event manager. I also know him as the guy who is frantically throwing hay bales in the back of a truck at CTMP, uh,
1: Ross Milson. Ross, thank you for doing this. Hey, no problem, Marshall. I'm glad we finally got time uh, or found the time, made the time to sit down to make this happen. It's, uh, it's always busy and the bike show was definitely uh, no exception, but uh, the Toronto show was great. And uh, the Montreal show we got back from just uh, this weekend was great as well. It was uh, a lot of a uh, lot of enthusiastic enthusiasts and uh, really excited for uh, what's coming up here in 2024.
0: I've talked to a lot of people about the bike show experience since I was there. And one of the people that I spoke to about it was Trevor Daly, who we're going to talk about with everything that's happening. I'm heading down to Daytona as part of Team Battleaxe representing Bridgestone. But uh, I said to him, man, yeah, Toronto, it seemed crazy. And he said to me, have you ever been to the Montreal one? And yeah. I, I was like, no. And he goes, it's kind of different there, right? And I know that from talking to people that are, whether it's from Quebec or f- French speaking Canada, otherwise that the passion that they have, what was the Montreal show like? Cause people heard on this podcast what the Toronto show was like and the vibe and the energy, and you could hear it in the background. But I've heard from a lot of people, not just Trevor, that you go to that Montreal show and it's a different can of worms.
1: Oh, for sure! Like the the height of the trial, like the, the Saturday of the Toronto show was very good, and we felt the energy and lots of excited, uh, you know, lots of excited people. But the uh, the Montreal show was that uh, kind of all three days nonstop yeah. and really, really, really. Uh, you know, excited to get down there, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of buzz about the series. Um, at least the feedback we got was very positive, and Good. you know, to have the show in French language this year for uh, for 24 for the 12 Superbike shows um, is fantastic. And you know, 30 percent of our paddock is French-speaking, and uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of history with a lot of those people. And um, again, yeah, the most enthusiastic enthusiasts so far, for sure. Those guys are all fired up. Guys and girls are fired up, and it was great to catch up. There's People from Ottawa and, and and all you know all the surrounding area that, uh, that make it to that show, and um, I was really happy to have uh, Sebastian Tromba there th- throughout the entire weekend, nice. and um, and Andre as well, one of our yep. um, our race directors was there, and you know my uh, my French is rather embarrassing, and uh, <laughs> I, I definitely needed the help, and it was but it was great, and uh, no that that show is a different, it's a different thing, it's a different buzz. Um, lots of big dealers there um and like all just bike people through mm-hmm. and through and it was great it was great
0: uh i had a conversation at the toronto bike show with uh, nick simone from pace law mm-hmm. and his involvement with the fallen riders program that people would have heard on episode number two and uh, he said, you know, we've got people in our office that speak 43 languages, and I joked to them, well, how, how many do you speak? And he was like, one. I'm like, you got me beat. So it's going into there, it's good, yeah. to, it's good to have Sebastian Tremblay around to be able to uh, to speak confidently to everyone, I'm sure. but
1: Yeah, no, my uh, my high school French does not hold up. I've, been, I've worked for French companies for, since 2010, so it should yep. be better than it is, but I can hang with my 11-year-old here doing homework, uh, but that's that's about it. And in that crowded hall, um, yeah, I, I, my French does not cut it. So I,
0: I've been doing duoling to try and learn Norwegian just as a side hobby. I think I know more Norwegian from Duolingo than I do French. Unfortunately, from <laughs> everything I ever learned in school, so not a strength. But that is why we have people that support us and uh, and find a way to make it better. You uh, you mentioned kind of the the feedback that you've gotten. It's been a hell of a year uh, for for you and the journey and becoming the owner operator national event manager of the Canadian uh, Bridgestone Canadian Superbike Championship where did this come about? Tell us the uh, the origin story for people that don't know, because I think there's, people just always assume somebody who's taking over an entity such as this, they have a history, but people that are new to the sport, people that just love watching uh, on TSN might not know the full backstory. And that's kind of what this platform and what the podcast is about, is being able to tell great stories. And I think that you have an incredible story. Yeah,
1: no, like um, I'm really, I was thrilled when um when you suggested or the you know the team suggested the podcast. It's something that's kind of overdue and it's you know with the with the 20 with the with the half hour you know television show we don't really get the opportunities to really tell all the stories. We and, try but yeah. damn well you're limited, right? <laughs> yeah. you, either you show the race or you tell the story. You, you really kind of can't do both at this point. So this is just another great way for us to kind of paint the picture and uh you know develop our characters and let people know like this is a great paddock and this is a great bunch of people and yeah. You're never going to find more dedicated people, and for for the for the families and the riders um, that make the commitment to do this year after year, and for the, the staff and the series, um, and we're talking like you know from camera guys to tech uh, and everything in between, and you know um, <clears throat> registration and timing and scoring, like these people are are you know they're dedicated this, to this um, to this project. And if it wasn't for a bunch of these people that uh, that are really committed to this thing, um, it would have been that much more difficult to make the decision to kind of to get myself into this position. But, you know, for me, I started racing in the series, um, I guess 2005 would have been my first, uh, my first national race at Shandonville. And that year I did uh, three of the Ontario rounds. And uh, I started with uh, with a class called the SV Cup. So it was a 650 twin, um, like the SVs we have in twins now, yep. um, but it was specifically a one bike class. And uh, for me, as a young, as a younger guy coming in, it was an affordable way to get into the sport. And really, that's kind of where I started. And uh, '06, I ran the full national um, program with. Uh, Actually George Badaki, who was in the paddock helping us this year and uh as a tech guy and uh, and bike pickup and a bunch of other things. He was uh um one he was the guy that put me on a six hundred in two thousand six. Uh brand new Suzuki GSXR at the time and uh I was second in the country that year as an amateur and did the full pull and uh got to race against uh, you know, Carl Degg and, and Brett McCormick and a bunch of other really, really fast amateurs that year. And uh that was kind of the start for me. I was hooked after that and um you know turned pro in 07 and carried on for a bunch of years and you know at the time and i'm grateful because i got to i got to compete in this series at a time when it was it was a bit of a different thing yep. right we had the manufacturers in with their own factory teams and we're talking like you know big big budgets and a guy like jordan as an example would rock up and there'd be two 600 to two super bikes and the crew standing there ready to go and and uh you know all this gears hanging in the front of that uh, semi truck and and that was you know it was there was pacot there was crevy there was zoke there was francis martin there was Clint McBain, there was tom kipp there was you know there's a there's so many guys at, at that time uh, the field was so deep and uh for me you know winning was very difficult as a privateer that wasn't going to happen but right. as a privateer pro with some factory support or some you know with some support from suzuki um i got to have a lot of fun and i i, I truly am grateful for for that experience because it was it was a different era and it was a different thing you know the economic crash in the u.s kind of put the thing into a bit of a tailspin both sides of the border and um you know it's going to be a very very tall task to get back to what it was and it's it's not going to happen the same way um you know sport bike sales and markets changed um we really got to try to build this thing from the ground up and make the events motorcyclist you know, events and get people to come out to them and uh, we're on our way. I mean, that's kind of I'm off on a tangent. Here, no, but, no, uh, it's,
0: it's great to kind of get the understanding of like where where it came from and where it began for you and the passion. Yeah, began because the passion is what has eventually led you to becoming the owner and the national events manager here. No,
1: for sure. And and like COVID was rough. And uh, and you know, I got involved in the series. I guess my first, I'll back up. My first kind of official kind of uh, you know task or role or whatever designation was in 2015. The last time we went out to Edmonton. Um, we organized some transport. So uh, Rob Egan from BCR was was willing to put a truck together, and uh, I kind of helped facilitate that. You know, I was the guy in between the series and the riders, and I just helped kind of get everyone organized and get everyone together. And I um, was kind of the point, the one point of contact to help make that just organize that trip. And I think we took 14 bikes and 12 riders and some air fins and some tires, and really helped that Western event. Um, you know be bigger than yep. it could have been. And we're working on the same program for this year. Actually, we got to try to help our guys get out there because it is a long haul. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to be going West again. Yes. I'm, I'm really happy to be going to Rad Torque. We raced there previously when it was called Castro. Um, They've, they've made some upgrades to that facility, and uh, again, they're excited, we're excited, can't wait, and then we're going to have that Monday test at a newer facility called Rocky Mountain Motorsports Park. So it's important for us to get west, and I mentioned the French television earlier, so that's, you know, some of the...
0: Yeah, so the background on that, for people that don't know, is that RDS is going to be carrying all 24, correct? No, just the just 12, just just 12, 12 Superbike. Shows, 12 Superbike, yeah. okay. So they've got the Superbike, but I, it's amazing because Kay McFadden, who is our mm-hmm. executive producer, I talked to him... I remember him saying, yeah, we, really excited. We just got this deal done. And I said, that's awesome. I don't speak French as we learned <laughs> off the top. And he said, yeah. yeah, you don't have to worry about that, buddy. And I went, wait, but you have to do the same races in English and French to voice? I'm like, that's a lot of work, man. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but it's a huge deal because you're talking about, and this is always something that, you know, coming from my football background, we have always wanted to see more of in the university football landscape is make it feel truly national. You can't call yourself the Bridgestone Canadian Superbike Championship if you're not involving Canada.
1: Oh, 100%. Right? And
0: that's that's the whole idea of trying to expand the CFL even into – Eastern Canada or Quebec city in order to, you just, you want to build these things out so that everybody feels as though they are involved. And that's what you're speaking to with the RDS television deal and with Torque, right? Oh yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, and, and Canada is a big country. <laughs> like, I mean, and you don't appreciate until you drive across it, especially when you're hauling a trailer yes. into a 80 kilometer hour <laughs> headwind. Um, it, it is a big place. <laughs> Those and, prairies will get you. Oh man. And, but it's again, but it's beautiful and it is fantastic that we're making this trip and, you know, nothing, nothing, you know, not hurts me, but it, it, it's it's not disappointing either. It it just it it's unfortunate when you see some people posting, you know, Eastern National Series, and and there's reasons why we haven't been west, and most of it's just money, right? Yes. Um, it, it is ex- an expensive thing to do, and um, you know, we're trying to uh, you know, we're trying to build relationships here with the tracks and with the regional series across Canada, and um, you know, for those people that. Uh, that you know that want that to help see this thing grow you know if you have an opportunity or you have the ability or you have a willingness to get involved you know reach out info at csbk.ca yep. and uh you know we're going to try to involve some of the regional staff um you know one to help offset some cost of having flights you know you know, you know the deal Fli- flights and hotels and everything like that but i would love to get those regional series more involved and you know we I reached out to each one of them, all the, you know, all the tracks were going to, all the clubs that were kind of visiting, um, you know, and if they have a, a regional class sponsor that Bridgestone TSBK can jump on board and, and as a, you know, a goodwill gesture, we're happy to do that. And I really want to try to build this thing from the ground up. And, um, and also if like, you know, if you're a, if you're a, a regional guy and, you know, maybe you're a bit, um, nervous about the national series or, or, or in, not intimidated, but you know what I mean? You're a little uncomfortable. I want there to be some familiar faces in the paddock. I want you know the tech guy they know to be there. Um, I want the the local announcer to be there. Right. Yeah. So it it helps us, you know, kind of integrate or blend in and um, we make sure that we're kind of covering all our bases. And I don't want fe- people to feel like they're a, you know, an alien or a stranger at their track because we're, you know, coming and taking over. I want people to, to really come together and, um, and again, you know, get out there and ride different racetracks yep. and, and get out there and challenge themselves. And, you know, the way to become a faster, better rider is to ride with better and faster guys. And whether you, whether you are the, the top guy at the regional series or whether you're your first year guy, um, you know, our field is deep and, um, and there's always someone to race. So. I just want to try to help make this thing, you know, make it national again and, um, and grow the sport, you know, up, down, left, and right in every direction we possibly
0: can. Let me ask you a question about track, uh, selection of the venues because going back to Shannonville was a big deal. Then we confirmed at the end of last season, uh, that we were going to do the long loop, which was, I believe, the first time since 06. Yep. No, yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, we're one challenge will be we're always going to have in Canada is just the lack of, the lack of venues. We right. don't have, we're not blessed with, uh, you know, a, a litany of racetracks here. We have, um, we don't have a lot of options. Um, but it's encouraging. Like they did a lot of paving at Shuby here in the off season and at Shannon they've been making some, you know, consistent and measured improvements to that facility. You know, to hear that Rad Torque's done some stuff and moved some walls and made it, you know, a bit more uh, advantageous to what we do and what we want to do. and um, I'm intrigued by this
0: like whole process. And I I come at this again from somebody who was like, you know, oh, I'd love to see Formula One go to blank. And it's like, well, they're not FIA grade one ranked and you have to make sure the safety is the most important thing. But it's also, as you say, we don't have that wide swath of selection in Canada, but the ones that you do have, I imagine that you constantly have these thoughts in your head of like, oh, could we do like eight rounds and go to Quebec and do this? And then like you have those dreams because you are trying to, as you say, build it from the ground up. But you also, you have to be a dreamer in order to
1: want to build these things up. And so you must imagine like,
0: oh, what could this look like in five, ten years? Oh,
1: it's it's brutal. And like, (laughs) you know... like between my day job and, and traveling to these races, you spend a lot of time staring through a windshield and my (laughs) mind just wanders and, and, you know, looking at what's happening in other forms of racing or other parts of the world, um, you know, we're like, you know, it's, uh, I'm open to anything and like, you know, we've done some pretty wild stuff back in the day and done demos at, you know, at car races and all kinds of, all kinds of craziness. And, you know, like, can we run two events in you know, a five day span and have a travel day in the middle? That's probably not realistic, but uh, you know, what can we do? And at this point, like I'm willing to to consider anything obviously. And, um, you know, it's got to make sense. It's got to be exciting. Um, But, uh, but some of the venues, you know, maybe aren't suitable or we just can't make it work yep. um, other venues um, aren't conducive to a spectator event or you know there are there are challenges all over the place and whether it be noise whether it be insurance whether it be distance whether it be their schedules because with in canada obviously like we're we're pretty seasonal and when that's when that big orange you know thing in the sky starts <laughs> starts warming up um you know you've only got so many days yeah. and i'll never forget and i know you guys touched on shuby and the challenges we had there uh, in 23 but I left that racetrack, drove to Shannonville, then drove straight to Mosport, basically. And I was trying to find, can I get a, an extra day on either end of our event? Can I get an extra few hours? Like, what can I do to try to make up for the loss of, uh, of those two event days? And these tracks are booked. I mean, they're booked solid. They're booked, you know, a year out kind of thing. Because um, it's not just motorcyclists that want access to these tracks. There's lapping days. There's car racing. There's all kinds of different stuff. So it is a challenge. And... Um, you know, with the limited number of venues and with the the short season we have, um, it's definitely a struggle. And I was really happy to get the schedule out as early as we did this year. It's awesome. And um, and again, I'm really happy with the schedule we were able to put together. Uh, and hopefully, as we grow here, you know, we can be a bit more selective with venues and we can make sure that it's a balance between going to the tracks riders want to go to and going to the tracks that want to work with us and going to the tracks where we can maybe get some spectators in the gate and make it a successful, successful event. Um, again, like... I thought I had some understanding of what this whole thing was about, right. and um, a year in, or just about a year in, I guess. Coming up here in a few weeks, um, yeah, like there's there's so much that's into it, and people don't, uh, you know, it, there's a lot, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, and even just on the television side, like that was to me that was kind of the that was the grayest area, and what you guys are responsible for doing and how much data and time and effort goes into putting these shows together. Um, you know, it, it's a lot. And we, we are making, I think where we were a couple of years ago, where we were in 23, where we're going to be here in 24. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about progression. And I think we're, we're going in the right way. But, um, yeah, but there's a lot to do, and a lot of it is about money, a lot of it is about uh, time, and, uh, yeah, we're making strides, but um, there is lots to do. Yeah, absolutely. The uh,
0: You touched, as you said there, on on Shuby, and we wanted to talk a little bit about some <laughs> of the maybe lessons learned in the first year. I My story, which I, I don't know if I'm going to make people tired of hearing this on this podcast, this is the first time I've told it, but went basically out to Nova Scotia, was there with my son, seeing some family made the journey up to Truro, was about to head into the track. I wake up on the Saturday morning and hey, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. It's terrible. And, and it was also kind of this incredibly humbling experience. I'm, I'd be interested to hear your you know experience of being there, but I was somebody who, as I say, has family out East and saw the forest fires yeah. that, that ravaged in and around that part of, of this beautiful country. And I saw the impact that it had. And then I'm driving on the Friday, I think it was the Thursday or the Friday, through burnt out, like Hammond's Plains, yep. right? It's just complete. it's wiped, yep. but but it's like it's wiped completely and it's burnt and charred and they, they haven't even begun to start thinking about rebuilding things because they don't know if insurance is going to cover this and that, and then the house next to them is fine. Yep. Yep. And as I'm driving through this torrential downpour where there's mass flooding happening in real time on the drive from the South Shore all the way up to Truro, we're driving past there, and I'm I'm just realizing like the dichotomy of, man, it's really hard to make these things work. But the next week, the CFL was going out there for Touchdown Atlantic, yep. and we were on our CFL and TSN internal conference call, and we have people talking about, oh, you know, we really want to play it up and do this. And, that. and I, I I very rarely speak on those calls, and I'm like, do you guys realize how much pain these people are in right yep. now? Like how actually terrible this was. Yep. and that was the humbling thing for me was. We went out there. I never even got to go inside the track. The bridge washes out. You guys are trying to figure out how the hell to try and
1: rebound from this. Not just the scheduling, logistics, financial side, but just what do we do? No, and that was it. And, like, I'll never – obviously, you will never forget it. But, um, you know, to, like, I was born in Halifax. Yeah. That's not something that uh, maybe a lot of people know. And, um, you know, I, I love going east. I love the east coast. And I love the people. And we got some staff that live out there. and um I've got friends and family, well, friends and family out there as well, and they've been through it, man. If it's not fires, obviously there was the the mass shooting and and and, yes. and floods and the weather and like it's been just one thing after another. And they, they there's been no, there's been no break, no reprieve at all. And um, talking to one of, we, along with our entire paddock and some spectators that were stranded on the island, or the what became an island, yes. but one of the local farmers there, and um, we were, we were just having a, a very uh, you know, just a where we're stuck, we're having a chat, and and the look on that man's face, and he's like, they forecasted, you know, X, and we got, you know, they got more rain than I've ever seen in my life, hundred-year rain event. Yeah, yeah I, like I grew up in a dairy farm, and I we always watched the sky, obviously, and you're you're paying attention to the weather, but what that was was not rain, that was something completely different. And um, you know, I I ended up going back into Halifax. Um, one of the rental cars that uh, that we had cut a tire down, and uh, we were, I went down to exchange the car. I went to see one of our riders that was in the hospital with, uh, yeah. with a bit of an injury to say the least, and uh, just to check up and make sure that um, you know that everything was okay as far as his condition, and you know, making sure that they'd made arrangements to get uh, him and everything else kind of out of uh, out of the place. But then, switched the car, grabbed uh, one of our camera, uh, one of our TSN crew from the airport, and I knew we were in trouble on the drive back to the track because yeah. you could have you know, rode a raft or a tube down the center meeting on the highway. And it was it was the highway was covered in water at that point. It was like ten thirty at night and uh some of the staff we stay at Dalhousie university and i give those staff uh, a bit of credit because um it was uh not the most luxury accommodations <laughs> but we were trying to to be a little bit uh don't disparage dal no hey it was it was uh <laughs> it it's I an mean, it agricultural college and i i loved being there personally yep. and i think the person that was in my room must have been working with horses because there was a very familiar odor <laughs> that was kind of baked into that room but uh at like two in the morning I was standing standing in the kind of foyer of the building and it wasn't rain man it was something else and and people lost their homes people lost their lives um we started into the track pretty early like really early um and uh kind of led the way in in one of the, the larger trucks that we have and where where it was asphalt, and we then the road was washed over was uh, you know was okay. But we got into to the, the roads that lead the last couple roads leading to the track, and they're, they're gravel, and um, they were completely underwater, and it was just above my knees. And I waded in. I pull off my shoes and waded in because I'm not going to lead everyone in there and have the roadbed be gone. And you know, in my mind, I'm the trucks disappearing in the water, being washed into the trees. I mean, it was it Rural. was like nothing I've ever I've ever experienced. And um, what I couldn't believe was you know the difference, you know, 600 hours made and that water moved, you know, moved <laughs> into other communities and talking to the the emergency services people. And I got to give, I, and, and we know the people out there are amazing. Yep. Um, I got to give every single person that works for the road crews and the government, the province out there. I got a call from the emergency, was it the EMO office, emergency, what was it? Emergency. Office of Emergency Management yeah. Office. They called me morning, noon and night um, just to check on us and make sure that we, and we were, again, we were stuck, mm-hmm. but everyone had their provisions for the weekend. And, you know, it wasn't the emergency that it could have been. Had we been there a couple more days, mind you, it could have been a little bit uh, Mad Max. It, it did get there. <laughs> in the end, it did get there a little bit anyway. But, um, but again, I cannot stress that if we were in Ontario or in Quebec, we'd probably still be there. Those guys built a bridge. Like they started at the first minute. Ma- the, the forum was there at 8 a.m., and we're having a chat. The crew was there at nine. At ten thirty at night, we're rolling semi a semi truck over that trailer, and people are escaping right on the Sunday. Yeah. And it was absolutely incredible the effort made to 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 get us out of there. And like there's a there's a there's a huge dairy farm in the corner, and I watched that guy. I can't remember if it was thirteen or sixteen thousand liters he dumped on the Saturday morning because he couldn't get it to market, right? And it was again, um, we couldn't get medical medical services in. The track was underwater we obviously weren't going to have a race event even if all that hadn't happened just what was happening around us it would have been massively irresponsible to host an event av- or have an yes, event yeah. um w- like it was it was awful and um you know i, I did i just I, my heart goes out to those people and that part of the country because they've been just bombarded and um you know i'm excited to go back there this year it's their 50th anniversary for that racetrack they've done a bunch of paving work the track's going to be the best it's been in, in my in my time racing since since you know 2005 it's going to be really really good and uh you know i we got it's like we'll call it the redemption tour or something i don't know we, <laughs> we got to get back there and we got to we you know we owe it to well to the paddock and we owe it to the to the fans we got to get back out it's, there and, and do it again
0: it's sure. going to be a really special event i think to go back out there and and hopefully have some better conditions but i will say like you know as much as that was uh, I, a human event um, that was caused by natural disaster because like you say it wasn't a rainstorm it was a natural disaster but like I, I went to Vermont uh, with my parents and my son I guess it would have been June of last year just for a vacation a place that we used to camp when I was a kid I haven't been there in 15 years and I was getting ready for some CFL games that week went to Montpelier in the in the state capital worked from a cafe it was awesome a month later they got the worst flooding they've ever had in Montpelier. Every river in the entire area, everything broke, the water flooded the the every single business that I had visited walking down Main Street on this magical day in this amazing cute little Vermont town wiped. Mm. And I'm following on social media and then 2 weeks after that happens, July happens. Mm. And and it I you know, I went back at the end of August, start of September to Vermont, nothing was open. The town is basically condemned. The walls of 150-year-old buildings are rotted, right? And it's like, this brings about the conversation of the realities of what is happening with rain. And forest fire is something that, as somebody, again, who covers the CFL, if the air quality is not good enough, we ain't playing football. And Forest fire season is a real thing. We're going out to Edmonton at the end of June. Yeah, that's what to say. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. unfortunately, the realities are the 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 Rockies, the BC Alberta yeah. border, all the rest. Heck, Quebec had it this past year. It blew into Ontario in a yeah. way that I was actually up in Tobmorey camping. Went to bed on a Friday night, stars, moon, clear skies. Yeah. Woke up on the Saturday morning and went, "What the hell is going on?" The sun was glowing orange, huge, and they basically said, "Not only fire ban, but." nobody's allowed to essentially drive because if you have a single spark, we're going to light this place up. The challenge is now that you have gotten into it and seen what happened at AMP last year, how do you try and prepare for that? Is there a way to prepare, I guess, for hosting these huge national events? And not to do, you know, State of the Nation and Climate Change talk. No, 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 for sure. But but I just, I feel like it's important for people to know you are putting steps into trying to find better ways to do these things from lessons learned in a chaotic first year.
1: No, for sure, and like we, when we were actually in Edmonton last time in '15, there was some like the there were some fires going on, and I remember getting back to the hotel and looking in the mirror and actually like like being alarmed, like right. my the whites in my eyes were blood red um, from just being on the bike all day, and that the air quality was was really bad, and um, and that was back then. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, I did actually dig into the insurance side of things and there is uh, we can and will have event cancellation insurance for these rounds that we travel to the big, the big expensive ones for the right. series. Um, you know, and again, all I can say is, you know, I hope it doesn't happen, but it is the reality of the world that there's certain things we can't control. And I mean, last year it should be, that was the first time in CBK's history since 1980. I think we've ever actually canceled an entire event. We've lost a day or lost an afternoon, but we've never lost a whole event and um, you know, massively regrettable. But if it, again, with, with all that went on, we couldn't have host or even if it was a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday after the event, we couldn't have had that race, um, just because of what was going on in the area, right? We 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 couldn't put that burden on the on the system. And um yeah, so it's one of those things where that's this is the reality of the world. And I remember, you know, even going out west, um, I rode out on a bike a few years ago and uh going across I was in the on the US going through um out through the Dakotas out towards um sturgis and they were at the rest stops they were like the their version of the mto was was you know tying up trailer chains and reminding people like do not you know obviously be, be a responsible smoker because they had they had cut the the grass on the side of the highway and, and bailed it right trying to reduce the risk right and and it's one of those things like it's it's not a new problem but it does seem to be definitely a little bit more prevalent than in the past and uh I actually went out to RMM in June. They had their, they had a little regional race there, and the, it was the first time I believe they had a, you know, bikes in competition out there. So I I hopped on a plane right quick to get out there, and um, and Tony Sharpless was having one of her mini GPs out there as well. So it made sense to make a trip, and uh, I, I was standing on the the sound berm around the racetrack, filming a tornado, and uh, like it was on the ground, and um, Willie um, Nadine... Uh, Ben's uh they're involved with Ben Young's program they live in Karastair right there and uh it was terrifying and I obviously had never seen a tornado and uh I was talking to my wife on uh, on the phone watching this thing and it was on the ground for like 20 minutes and uh went from there and then Shibi was our next event and I thought it was me but uh, <laughs> it's uh it's definitely a thing and you know it's one of those things where all we can do is I mean we will have event cancellation insurance to you know to hopefully financially kind of you know Ensure the series doesn't yep. have in their bloodbath like we had last year, um, but um, you know it's it's one of those deals where we just got to try to be, be aware of it. And if if we know it's going to be bad, if if there's any warning, we uh, we know we'll, we'll try to you know make changes or, or make adjustments on the fly. But I don't would hope uh, not to have the same thing happen again yes. this year. Would yes. be the would be the ideal situation for it's sure.
0: Uh, I think it speaks to the maturation of, of the series and your ownership though, where you like yeah, this is the way that like the. Commitment to reality at all costs is okay. Just so everybody's on the same page, sometimes things can get really bad with the weather. Let's all be aware of this, and then do the best job we possibly can with it. No,
1: and and like having a having a loss of that event, like we lost those races, and we, you know, I we did what we could to make up some of the races. We have TSN contracts. We have to deliver so many shows. Like we have a championship, and. You know, we, we didn't, we weren't able to make up all those races and it was, you know, it was a really hard conversation to have with some of these guys because I've, I've been there. I've, I've hopped in a van or a truck and drove across country and to make that trip to spend that money not get to race is, is a pretty, you know, it's a pretty brutal Difficult. deal. And, um but I, we, you know, we, we were cramming, you know, uh, you know, 15 pounds of into a yes. 10 pound bag and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, we, we can't you know jeopardize or we can't wreck the next event trying to make up for the event that's already lost right. so we did the best we could we, we were able to get some amateur stuff on on tsm which was amazing tsm was great we did a you know program lightweight we did the uh, two two episodes um with amateurs and super fun to call for me too Oh, and uh, yeah. i you know and, and people don't really understand like for for you guys to build those leaderboards to do the research to to do that like that's not a little bit of work (laughs) like you know we have all the pictures of 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 the of the normal classes that are televised on file but to 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 build those leaderboards and all the images do all that extra work like that was a a commitment that wasn't that wasn't just snap your fingers and it's done cam was
0: digging yeah, Cam. Like when I was talking to him on the production side of things, I'm like, my job's yeah. easy. I watch motorcycles go fast, and I talk about it. Yeah, true. He, <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, dude. Like, really, when we simplify it. But yeah, he did an amazing job of putting those shows together, and also oh. selfishly being there for the first time with CSBK at CTMP. Yep. CTMP triple was. I mean, not for Alex yeah. Dubois because Alex yep. unfortunately no, no, was, was under was, the weather, yep. and he, he, yep. it's a lot physically for him to go through three races and that. But to see you know, us try to make up those races and to do it at a facility like CTMP was, it was so much fun yeah. to see that come to life because I felt like being at the track, it was endless energy from the start of the weekend to the end because people knew how much it
1: mattered. And obviously it was a huge turn in the Superbike Championship. Right? Yeah, no, and CTMP is the venue. Like that is, that is the, you know, it's uh, it's always a huge, huge factor in the championship and it it is the venue everyone likes to go to for sure. It is definitely our... Uh, You know our um, our key event, and uh, you know touching on that for 24. I'm really excited with some of the additions to the series with the Baggers coming up from the U.S. um, with the Bagger Racing League guys coming up, and we're we're, we should be able to announce um, a few of the of the riders that are that are committed, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to be talking to a few of them down here in Daytona. Uh, I guess it'll be. Next week with this week, yes, exactly. And, uh, mm-hmm. and again, I'm I'm really happy with uh, how that all came together, and and it's a lot of Bridgestone, um, and it's a lot of willing people that are trying to do something that's that's unique. And uh, you know, I'm on board, and uh, I think it'll be you know something really cool for for spectators, and it should bring some new people in the gate, and um, it, it is going to be very very exciting, and and I cannot wait to get back to CTMP here in 24. And, um, yeah, there's a couple other cool things that are to yeah, talk let, about. Let's
0: but. talk about some of the – we can get to Daytona in a couple of minutes yeah. and some other notes, but I, I do want uh, to talk about – because now we've done uh, unintentionally State of the
1: Nation. And <laughs> yeah, no, we've been rambling <laughs> on here. I feel like this will be the most rambling, <laughs> wide-ranging It's great. nonsense.
0: It's great. Uh, but I, I love getting to look backwards at what was yeah. chaotic and difficult. But let's look forwards. 2024 is here. We are headed down to Daytona. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Yeah.